Mal's on, brain's off. It's The View. Whoopi Goldberg, Sarah Haynes, John McCain's daughter, Joy Behar, and Sonny Hostin just talk and talk and talk and talk. Then tonight, the much-anticipated reunion of the entire cast of Friends, followed by a solid half-hour with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who'll explain exactly what happened to Matthew Perry's face. Then on Newsmakers, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene explains what she meant when she said seatbelt laws were worse than Sandy Hook. But first, questionable material with Jack and Brian. You are listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Tim's demolishing. Hi, I was wondering if um, you guys demolish things. Yeah, that's a, that's why we're called Tim's Demolishing. And in fact, I'm Tim. I'm Tim Junior. My dad is Tim Senior. He started the company, uh, but I kind of took a liking to demolishing things, and I and I picked up after him, and I just ca- I carried the torch. And so when he passed away and a few years ago, I, I decided I was going to keep keep us going. I'm going to call it Tim's. Wow, cool. I, I don't really call places for backstory, but I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, since you've opened up that Pandora's box, um, what, what happened to your dad? My father was dedicated to his craft. <laughs> cool. And he liked to make sure that everything was absolutely perfect. Okay. And so when you're demolishing a building, especially when you're using explosives, of course, it's very, very, very important that you do everything right. I mean, a lot of people, they just, they see the aftermath, they see the building dropping down, you know, and they just Mm kind of cheer and they go, oh, wow. And they don't really understand what it took to get to that point. It takes a lot of engineering. It takes a lot of, of math. And so my dad was working on the math. And unfortunately he wasn't very good at math. (laughs) And so he had set the timers and then he was trying to figure certain things out. So lo and behold, as will happen, a 17 story building dropped on top of him. Okay. Um, Uh. You know, they told me that it was as close to painless as one could get. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, if 17 stories fell on me, I mean, it probably would hurt. You know, I don't want to take away your peacefulness. I'm sorry. I, yeah, sure. He, he didn't feel pain. You're right. I'm sorry. So, you know, bless his soul. And, uh, and now I took over the business. Okay. Well, congratulations on, on, on having your own business now. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. We love, we demolish things and, and, you know, it's a lot of it is easy. You know, there's a real easy part to demolishing things because okay. you, you just kind of smash it or you hit it. Or you, you use a jackhammer on it or you just kind mm-hmm. of pull it up or tear it down. So that part is fairly easy. And I really, I've, I've acclimated to that quite nicely. Okay. And, you know, and there's a lot of people willing to help you do this. They, they love these tools. They love breaking things. So we're in a building right now and we're just kind of working our way through it. I like to mm-hmm. start at the bottom and kind of tear everything out in the bottom and weaken all the the beams and everything, and then kind of work my way up to the top. So right now we're on the fourth floor 
And uh, I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a lot of action going on around us. And, uh, and we're going to just, we're chipping away the concrete where we're welding away at the metal, as they say, we're knocking out the rivets with a rivet knocker. We are mm-hmm. unscrewing the screws. We're unnailing the nails. We're doing every, everything backwards. It's like the opposite of construction, really. Yeah, no, for sure. But, but, and I just want to make sure that I heard you right. You're, you're starting at the bottom. I like to work to the top. You know, that was a kind of a thing my dad taught me. You know, you, you start at the bottom, you work to the top, which is kind of what he did. He built his business into this, this big demolition empire until everything happened. And then, so I thought, yes, I'm going to employ that a technique. So I'm starting from the bottom. I'm working to the top. And, uh, and when we get to the top, we're going to have a big old celebration. We invited a bunch of people to come join us and sit, we'll, you know, cause it's kind of like a roof. It's beautiful weather. We'll all stand on the roof and just kind of cheer and, and, and do a dance. Maybe I like to jump up and down and, and, and just party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a trampoline party. Something I would like love that. to. Yeah. Without a trampoline, just jumping on the, on the concrete or whatever's left of it. Just jump, 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 you know, to the tune of something, something really cool. Like I like to move it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely qualifies as really cool. Um, well, goodness, uh, let me just ask you one more question, Tim, before sure. I don't do business with you. Uh-huh. Um, are you, um, you know, are, are you the type of guy who would listen to an expert uh, in demolitions who's uh, alive and who didn't kill themselves through shoddy work? Of course I would. If that's insensitive. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. No, I, I would totally listen to someone. You know, my father always taught me, you know, always listen to people because sometimes people are trying to tell you something and you need to pay attention to them. And so, you know, he kind of instilled that in me. And I don't know what happened because people were saying, Tim, get out of the building. Tim, get out of the building. Tim, get out of the building. And he was working on the math. Uh, and, you know, I, I think in retrospect, maybe he should have listened to them. They were trying to tell him something. Yeah. And so, yes, when That's people really tell crazy. me things like the other day, they said, sir, don't walk in front of that car. And I looked up from my phone. I said, oh, good point. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, cool. Well, you know, geez, I'm going to, um, do you, do you have, can you refer me to any of your competitors? Yeah. There's a, um, there's a women owned firm. Oh my gosh. Right? You must have a lot of government money. It's called Eve of Destruction. <laughs> They're right down the street. Okay. Hey, Brian, top of the morning to you. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Your name is top of the morning to you? Oh, is that what you said? I, I was just I was just prepared with an answer. I didn't really pay attention to what you said. See, I wish you would be like Tim Jr. and just like be open to listening more. I'm going to listen to you now, Jack. Thank you very much. So here's what I've got in store for you. You know, I, I know that you are America's foremost expert on music. Uh, you know, um, the, the folks, the Billboard Top 100 people are always coming to you because yep. you keep archives of yep. songs. Yep. That's crazy. So you know music, uh, you know, your Rolling Stone sort of on-call guru? Yeah. Oh, amazing. So I, I know that you listen to all music, not just the popular songs, you know, it, like if you're listening to a Michael Jackson track that you would not just know Thriller, you would know the stuff on his last, like, album that they released after he died. You've listened to everything. I don't like to brag, but I've been accused of having an encyclopedic knowledge of, of music. Cool. That's, that's, you should brag about that. That's really wonderful. So I, I I'm, they, your, they call me the Wikipedia of music. They do. Well, I mean, that's, there's probably a thing for you. You're probably going to be out of business soon because they're just, there is that. I'm the Even Roger's thesaurus the of music, Jack. All right, give me a synonym for music. 
sound boom. Oh man, you are good. Thank you. I told you, I, I, I hate to brag for you, but then when you deliver the goods like that, it's really encouraging to me. So here's what I want to do. Um, I, I like to take, you know, superstars, most recent albums, but by, by the time there's just like releasing music for themselves or to honor contracts mm-hmm. that no one's really listening to anymore. Radio stations don't play them, but, um, that they, they're still releasing music, but you've listened to them all. And I'd love for you to tell us what these songs are. Mm-hmm. I'd love to tell you what those songs are. So here we have Madonna's. Oh, Madonna. Madonna's latest album uh, that came out in 2019 called Madame X. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It came out on June 14th, 2019, almost two whole years ago. And everybody was talking about it, if I recall. Sure, sure, sure. So I, let's go through some of the songs and j- just tell people some of the backstory of the song, sure. what the songs mean, yep. what maybe she was uh, thinking when she wrote it or sang it or, or whatever. Just just some some tips and some interesting tidbits. OK, yeah. You know, uh, so, you know, Madonna's actual name. Um, Gary. Oh, you do? Yeah. OK. So, sorry. I, I, I should be letting you brag. That's not, fine. Sorry. Uh, OK. Here, but here's your chance to make up for now. Um, track number two yes. on Madame X is the song, as you know, Dark Ballet. Dark Ballet, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what is Dark Ballet all about? What What's something interesting about that song? Well, so Madonna um, is big into the dark web. <laughs> and so she spends a lot of time on there. She likes to see uh, drugs being trafficked. She likes to see... Uh, people being trafficked. She's, she's just kind of, she has a dark side to her. That's, and so she had the idea for how about a dark ballet, which is kind of like a, a, a ballet that's kind of not uh, known to most people. It's kind of operates in, in another uh, layer of, um, of depth. So at this dark ballet, are you, um, you know, are, are drugs and, and weapons and people trafficked right during the show, during the ballet? Yes. Now, normally in uh, in ballet, you sit there and you're going to watch these people prance around and their tippy toes and tight pants mm-hmm. and, and just kind of guys who don't appreciate the gorgeous woman that they're holding. <laughs> and and so it's it's similar to that, except uh, people will be walking down the aisles offering you an M4, M16, AK-47, a hashish, kush, cocaine, LSD, <laughs> ecstasy, heroin, fentanyl, a mix. And so it's, it's different in that Tonium. respect. Yeah. And the crowd's going to be a little different. Uh, you know, you normally would think that a, a ballet crowd would be a little more of the, the you know, the highbrow crowd, the shishi yeah. crowd, the, the opera yeah. crowd. This crowd's a little bit different. Some of them will defecate in their seats. Some of them will... <laughs> wear shorts and halter tops and they'll have visible track marks on their bodies. Some are militia members, three percenters. And, and so it's going to be a, a really diverse crowd of, of people who you, you would you not normally see in society. They're kind of the fringe folk. Right. Wow. Well, I see why this song didn't get a lot of radio play. Yeah, no, she was. Re- and plus, you know, it's just not very good, but she was really hoping to, to create a, <laughs> a dark ballet movement. It just never materialized. Okay. And she's quite upset about it. I can assure you. She, she actually told a local publication, uh, the, the Cleveland penny pincher, uh, that she was <laughs> extremely upset that it didn't, didn't take off. Like she had anticipated a lot of her songs had done very well in the past. Yeah, of course they were w- w- well produced, good club songs. Yeah. Huh, boy, this one was Cleveland a little different. Pincher. This one. Yeah, th- no, I clearly, yeah, this was, you know, she, she had a group of people that she had picked up outside of home Depot 
she went to Salvation Army and got some uh, frying pans and and other objects. And so it's more of a cacophony with her kind of wailing in the background. God, it sounds awful. Yeah, it's not a good song. Okay. All right, well, thank you for the, the, the warning label on that. I We appreciate it. Dark Ballet. So she goes from Dark Ballet in track number two. Yeah. And then in track number six, we've got the song. This is this is real. Killers who are partying. Yes. Track six. It's five minutes and 28 seconds long. Uh, what is a killers who are partying? Well, killers who are partying is a song about killers who are partying. Mm -hmm. um, the song does not lie. Now, she really did this because she was hoping the music video would really take off and go viral. And so, uh, you know, it starts off and you're going down a hallway and you you can hear the thumping sounds of a party going on and you make your way down the hallway and then you see the hand knock on the door and it opens it up and who's there, but Jeffrey Dahmer and <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer kind of welcomes you in. And then John Wayne Gacy is over in the corner and he waves at mm -hmm. you. And then the whole song, you're kind of weaving through this party and you see there's Hitler and uh, Vladimir Putin and Mao Zedong. And I've, I've seen this video. Stabby Jenkins, who's a serial killer that most people haven't heard of, wow. but he exists because he's in Wikipedia. And, and, and then, you, you know, the guy who killed Doc Holliday and um, I mean, all sorts of people. It's a, it's a very diverse hey, video. Caitlyn Jenner's in that video. Yeah, because she killed two people with a car. That's right. Lady wow. drivers. Lady drivers. I mean, I'm telling you, they're the worst. Um, and then you've got, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, you, if, you, if there's a killer you can think of, I mean, Al Sharpton, who got seven people killed in a, in a riot back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many people in this video and they're just all partying. They're having a great time. Wow. Despite the, the, the beat of the music. <laughs> so, so the beat of the music is really bad. Yeah. But they overcome it because they're just, they're messed up enough in the head that they sort of hear their own beat. They're reminiscing about their past successes. <laughs> and that is dark. She is, what happened to Madonna? She turned, she feels very dark. You know, I, I her whole career, I'd always had the sense that she would age very, very gracefully. And I guess that's just not the case. I'd always right. thought she'd be happy to, to have the limelight go to someone else and she would pass the torch and, and, and not care. Um, but I've been surprised. Yeah, for real. That might uh, exp explain track number 11. Could you tell us about it? Um, yeah. Bitch, I'm loca. Bitch, I'm loca. Yeah, it's only two minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah, so... Bitch, I'm loca. Now, a lot of people mistook this to, to think that she was saying, bitch, I'm crazy in Spanish. Right. That's what I, yeah. So, bitch, I'm loca is kind of like a response song to the 80s hit, uh, My Name is Luca by Suzanne Vega. If you know that song, My Name is Luca, I live on the second floor. So, Madonna's new song, which is a little late, it's coming 30-something years too late, is Bitch, I'm loca. I live on the fourth floor and it's kind of a, a, a response to Luca, Luca's claims in, in, in that song. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. That's, that just feels late. It feels it, like she's late to the party on this one. Yeah. It's one of those rivalry songs that used to be very popular back in the rap days, like Roxanne, Roxanne. And then there'd be another song coming out saying, no, I'm Roxanne. You're not Roxanne. And the other one would be like, no, no, I know a Roxanne who's better than your Roxanne, that kind of stuff. So she's, she's kind of clinging to that. She's just a little late. 
Yeah, I mean, Madonna was releasing music in 1987 when this song came out, you know, when Luca came out. I just don't understand why she waited. And would you like to know a little, a little Brian trivia? Yes, please. My very first concert was Madonna. Is that true? That's a it, good first concert. It was the Like a Virgin tour. Wow. I went with my cousin. The mm-hmm. opening act was a band I'd never heard of called the Beastie Boys. What? And uh, I didn't appreciate it at the time. And then, uh, yeah, that was my first. Co- and I even had the T-shirt that had that famous picture of her kind of in her lace bra. And it says, like a virgin. Yeah. Ask me if I ever wore that T-shirt. Did you ever wear that T-shirt? I did not. Okay. Did you ever use that T-shirt? All right, let's move on to a different song, Jack. Okay, fair enough. Can I tell you real quickly my first concert? Yeah. Um, the Pointer Sisters. Really? W- yes, with opening act Elda Barge. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I, won the, I won the tickets at a radio station. I got so excited that the DJ told me to uh, find a paper bag because I was hyperventilating. Oh, my God. Well, that's a true story. The Pointer Sisters. That's pretty cool. With, with Elda Barge. Elda Barge. So, so mom and I went, you went with your cousin. Yeah. I went with my mommy. Elder Barge, you know, it means uh, L the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that's what eventually did them in. Yeah. Uh, finally, the, the last Madonna song that we should talk about, of course, is um, is Come Alive, track number nine. Yes. Um, what does uh, Come Alive mean? That seems a little bit different than some of the other themes of this album. Well, it depends how she spelled it. Jack. Yeah, Brian. I have a friend named Brad. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. He's in Canada. He's shooting something, uh, and he's a director. And you know, as you know, he he's a big fan of yours. He thinks you're an, an actor uh, for this generation that's just undiscovered. And uh, mm-hmm. and he's doing everything in his power to get you a role. You know that he likes to audition you cold. He likes you to just read the script and uh, without having seen it before. And that if you you break character, there's no role for you. But he's working on some projects. He sent me some scripts and he'd like you to okay. audition. I, I would love to because I really would like to uh, land one of these roles. It's a life-changing moment if you get cast in a movie by a big time uh, director like Brad. And again, Brad is real and Brad is actually really in Canada, really shooting a movie right now. So this guy is real and... Um, uh, and so I'm excited to really impress him with these scripts. Yeah, no, he's excited to to hear your reads. I'm sending you one right now. Uh, now okay. this one is, uh, it's called Flashdance 2022. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, it's a reboot, Jack, of the Flashdance mm-hmm. franchise. Oh. All right. And what they're thinking, it's, you know, um, they, they figured that they're going to throw a middle-aged white guy a bone and make him the, the lead. So you'd actually be reading for the lead, uh, who is Martin, and mm-hmm. and I would play your boss Dominic. Yeah, I mean you would play it just in as just, we read this. Yeah. Obviously, they would get a bigger star than you. No of offense, course, no. But, you'd you'd be the lead, yeah. and then somebody would be playing Dominic. I'm just reading for the purposes of auditioning, uh, the role of Dominic. But probably like a Bradley Cooper. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, someone like that would probably start opposite in the, in the secondary role to me. Uh, somebody like that. Yeah. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, it sounds great. I, I'd love to do it. Um, uh, let's read the script and, uh, give me this movie. Okay. Interior accountant's office. We see a dull room lit by ugly fluorescent light. Several accountants tap away at their computers in silence. And suddenly Martin, that would be you. If you get the role stands up and addresses them all. <laughs> 
Today's the day. His boss, Dominic, looks at him. What? I said, today's the day. I'm giving my notice and getting out of this joint. I'm tired of calculators. They're for calculusers. So you're quitting? No, I'm doing the opposite. I'm not holding back. I'm going to be a dancer. Martin, what are you talking about? You're a 45-year-old accountant with kids and a mortgage. This is your life. No, my life starts now. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to dance. Do you even have any formal training? You don't need it. You just need enthusiasm. Look at me. Oh, okay. Why are you unbuckling your trousers? Take your pants off and make it happen. Pictures come alive. Now I'm dancing through my life. No, it's take your passions, not take your pants off, Martin. Please keep your boxers on, Martin, please. How's this for a flash dance? Oh my God, no one wants to see that. If I shake my hips just right, it looks like a propeller. <laughs> Doggone it. Sorry. Let's do number two. I'm going to get this next one. Okay, there's a number two. You're lucky. All right? Okay. Uh, let's see what we've got here. I'm going to send it to you now. This one, oh, it's called Trauma Center. Ooh. Ooh, Trauma Center. Uh, so it's a new series, Jack, for Peacock, okay. Peacock Network, which is a, one of the many new streaming networks. And tra sure. Trauma Center follows the lives of several doctors in a Chicago hospital. And okay. uh, you'd be reading the role for Dr. Jennings. Okay. And uh, so if you get this, you're going to be Dr. Jennings. It's one of the main characters in, in Trauma Center. Uh, I'll read for Curtis, who's a, who's a man whose loved one is in surgery. Okay. Okay. Interior hospital waiting room. Curtis, I'm playing that, paces nervously in the hospital waiting room while Dr. Jennings approaches. That'd be you. Looking grim and serious. Mr. Curtis, hi. Doctor, any word? I'm afraid we lost your gay husband on the operating table. Oh my God, no. We tried our best, but in the end, we were unable to save your gay husband. I'm, I'm very sorry. But how? What happened? Things were proceeding normally, but then your gay husband's blood pressure spiked. <laughs> and? We administered some medication to normalize it, but then your gay husband's heartbeat became <laughs> erratic. Why? We believe your gay husband may have had some kind of allergic reaction to the blood pressure medication. So we treated the arrhythmia with medication, but that caused your gay husband to have restless leg syndrome. And? Your gay husband kicked the... <laughs> your gay husband kicked the surgical light, which shattered it, which got broken glass inside the incision, which obviously we then needed to immediately get out of your gay husband. Well, did you? We did. We did. We did. But the broken glass caused internal bleeding, which we had to immediately address so that your gay husband didn't lose too much blood. And? <laughs> well, we were able to staunch the bleeding, but by that time, his blood pressure had spiked again. So we had to administer medication to normalize it. The medicine that he might be allergic to. Bingo. And then it became a vicious circle. Long story short, your gay husband kicked out four surgical lights. Oh, God. I'm very sorry for your loss. We really did everything we could to save your gay husband. Listen, why do you keep referring to Bruno as my gay husband? It, it, it's redundant and, and weird. I'm sorry. I, I've just never operated on a gay husband before. <laughs> well, 
they've existed ever since Barack Obama changed his mind on the issue. So I think you should get over it. You're right. I'm very sorry. I hope I didn't offend you. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Thank you. The last thing I want to do is upset a gay widower. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know, look, I know I didn't get it. Okay. I know I broke character once yeah, or twice or twice. Trauma center. Trauma okay. center. Well, on, on Peacock. Yeah, it's going to be a trauma center like on Peacock will not be featuring you. You will not be in trauma center. It's a, shame. It's a lot of money in a series. That's. But this one you're going to love. It's a new movie. Okay, great. Brad's working on it. It's called Batman and Ice. Ooh. All right. Now this one, Jack, is set in Gotham City. Yes. Right? It's Batman's sidekick Robin is sick from a respiratory ailment that possibly okay. came out of China. So Batman has teamed up with a recording artist, Vanilla Ice. Okay. Uh, now, um. You'd be playing Vanilla Ice. Uh, what? I'm going to be reading for Batman, who I think is going to be played by uh, Ben Affleck or Vin Diesel. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, All right. So you're, you're right. reading That's for- It doesn't count because we haven't started. Nope. Okay. <clears throat> Ready. Now, now, Brad thinks you have a, and Vanilla Ice have a lot in common. That's why he thinks of you for this role. Uh, exterior. Mm -hmm. Burning building. It's a big skyscraper Ooh. on fire. People you can see and is screaming and yelling, looking for help. Uh, yeah. Batman says, Vanilla Ice, that skyscraper is filled with people and it's on fire. Well, for once, this looks like the work of the Joker and not some home slice whack loser <laughs> like Osama bin Riddler. And it doesn't look like the Gotham Fire Department can even get here. No, B-Man. The only road that that painty face ass Joker didn't blow up is being blocked by some whack ass ass whack protesters. They are not dope. We need a plan, Ice. Well, I'm ready to rock. I got my Glock like a kitty cat. I go TikTok. Okay, Ice. This is a rescue operation, so your sidearm is unnecessary, and cats are not clocks. Mm, I see what you're saying. Ain't no gun playing. Okay, B-Man, then here's my plan. We'll climb that skyscraper like a moth climbs paper. Okay, I, I don't know what moths are like in Dallas, uh, but I've been in Gotham half a century and have never seen one moth climb paper. So that, that makes no sense to me. M to the O to the T to the H. Okay, sure. So... <laughs> Ice, I'm going to use my Batarang and a variety of bat-themed devices to scale the building and rescue people, but I was curious as to your plans. Here's the news, B-Man. I got fat shoes, C-Man. They make jumping easy because they're made by Yeezy. Great. I'll jump up in the air with all of my might, and with any luck, I'll ascend several flights. <laughs> Ice, the victims are on the 60th floor and above, and I honestly think you'll have issues reaching that high with a pair of sneakers. Do you not have vanilla ice-themed tools to assist you in crime fighting? All my tools are in my noggin. The words come out like a poodle toboggan. <laughs> what the hell is a poodle toboggan? We need a plan. 
Like a pig, I go meow. <laughs> so don't be whack and have a cow. Ice has a new plan. Some say it's venti. Some say it's grand. But I don't matter what you say. It's Ice's plan to save the day. Okay, please tell me the damn plan. I'll be quick like a gator and take the elevator. Then I'll get up real high and those bitches gonna cry. Okay, listen, Ice. I'm not even sure where to start. I mean, you sound... You need to, to bone up on what pigs sound like, for starters. Meow! Nope. But more importantly, fire emergency rule number one is, is that you don't use the elevator. I mean, there are literally signs in every building on every floor. Ice ain't got no cares. Ice will take the stairs. And, and the other thing is these people are victims, so let's not call them bitches. That's just super derogatory. Gotta be man, bitches is passe. You won't hear me say it starting today. Up that building we will go and rescue us some dudes and hoes. Mm. I'll tell you what, I feel like it'd be better if you just stayed right here and, and I'll just head up there and sort things out. Don't worry up there. Help is on the way. B-Man and V-Ice will save the day. Just sit tight like bananas do and let me cool and let my cool rhymes rescue you. They, they can't hear a thing you're saying, dude. That is peculiar. It's a strange movie. That is exceptionally strange. Uh, did I did I get it? I, sometimes I get so lost in character that I don't even know. No, I could. You know, since we're recording this on video, I could even go back and show you you not getting it. <laughs> so, Brian, I've got some very exciting news for us today. Are you leaving the show? No, that's so hurtful. What? That's the opposite of exciting news. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just felt like, okay, I take it back, Jack. Okay. Maybe we should talk after the show. Um, but even better than that, we have a guest on, and this is someone who you spend a lot of time thinking about. Uh, oh, and, and Lena Dunham. <laughs> no, 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 your guesses are really off today. No. I don't, which is, they're getting stranger by the by the guests. No, um, so Governor Andrew Cuomo. No. I was able to call his yes. Yes, I was able to call his office. I I, I booked him on the show. Okay. I'm very excited. He is gonna be here and you're actually gonna stick around and talk to him because we got the real Governor Cuomo here. So I don't have to do my leaving shtick. No, there's no shtick for you. There's you actually need to ask some questions. You need to be prepared. You need to be a professional for uh, once. Okay, we genuinely have Governor Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, and he's been in the news a lot lately, I, yeah. you know, gosh, I mean, every day there's a new headline, uh, for this guy. Um, what was the most recent one we saw? Um, uh, oh, his brother, Chris, apparently has been advising him, yeah. uh, while he was a CNN anchor advising him on his, um, uh, sexual harassment, uh, scandal allegations. Um, let's say he's uh, being investigated for some other things. It's, oh, it's uh, maybe he's just I, all over the news. Knocking his family to the front of the COVID queue. If I recall. Yes. I saw, I saw that today. Can we ask him these things? Yeah, we ask him anything you want. He does, okay. he's, he's not here yet. Just ask him what you want. Okay. I'm All right, ready. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push the button and, and welcome to the show, okay? Push the button, make it happen. All right, here we go. All right. Governor Cuomo, hi, you're on Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. The pleasure is ours. My, my goodness, thank yeah, you so is, much. This is actually very impressive for us. You're probably one of our highest profile uh, guests. To be honest, uh, you know, I've actually had some people look into uh, your program, and I think I would clearly be the highest profile guest. Fair enough. That's that's a very that's, I wouldn't say that's like a subtle dig. It's more of a dig. 
But I get but it. Yeah, we, don't, wrong. we don't do subtle digs in the Cuomo household. We sort of take a shovel and beat you over the head with it and then dig your grave and bury you in it. Uh, you know. Uh, understood. Okay. And then well, have like a nice drink afterwards. <laughs> So, so uh, from talking with your Classy. assistant, I guess Jack says that we can pretty much ask you any questions we'd like because we, we do have a ton of questions. You've been in the news a lot, obviously. Yes, I am. An, un, contrary to what some media outlets would portray me as, I am an open $5 million book. Wow. Okay. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's, yeah. that's actually one of the first things we wanted to ask you about. So, you know, what made you to decide to write your book that, you know, some people would sort of describe as a victory lap when the pandemic is clearly far from over? Uh, you remember Babe Ruth, right? The famous New York Yankee. Sure. I do. Now I am of course partial to Joe DiMaggio, but Babe Ruth, uh, part of the legend of Babe Ruth was not just that he hit very towering home runs, but he once called his shot. He pointed to the stands and said he was going to hit a home run. And that's what he did. And without that, I think he would just be another sort of obese baseball player but it was that level of confidence that made him sort of legendary. So I just, you know, mid COVID, I thought I'm calling my shot <laughs> and I'm going to do this. I'm going to write a great book on leadership. And that's mm -hmm. what we did. Well, it's so interesting. So like, what is your, so you wrote a book. That's probably not something you're used to doing. What is your writing process like? Uh, well, I have a few, you know, I obviously have great ideas mm -hmm. and a sort of narrative that I want to get out there and lessons for people much better than my father, Mario, who I respect. But I think I have exceeded in so many ways, not that there's any family rivalry or deep seated issues there. But um, what I basically do is I jot down uh, many ideas that I have and then I bring in uh, five assistants. Uh, four are attractive women, and one is sort of homely to show they showcase diversity. And I yell at them and say, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, sure. but where first first prize gets a Cadillac, second prize is a set of steak knives. So I tell them, first one to get me this chapter back gets a raise, uh, and then the bottom four get fired. Wow. And what if the first one to get the chapter back was the homely one? It's never the homely one. <laughs> Understood. Understood. A little trick of the, the hell a of little me. trick of the trade. So I guess that explains how you managed to write a book while at the same time kind of managing one of the more popular states in the country, right? Exactly. You know, I was doing my great press conferences and also supervising some of the research and writing of this, uh, the book. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you got paid $5 million for this book. I mean, it, it and it only sold 46,000 copies, by the way. Well, that's a good thing. We're charging $380 a copy. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, that's, a, that's a good, that's, that's a good price for a hardcover. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, so, so, so what do you plan? So obviously, okay, then yes, you, you, you must, uh, you're, you're making everybody money, but including yourself. So what are you going to do with the, the money that you've earned? What do you, what do you plan to spoil yourself with? What are you doing with your money? 
Oh, well, the, there is a, a quote, we call it the Cuomo Quiet Fund, which is money that I am putting away to pay off, uh, uh, you know, certain potential settlements that may come through the court system in the near future. Uh, so we call that the Cuomo Quiet Fund, meaning if you get this money from Cuomo, be quiet. I see. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 we, you know, you have to be prudent. You have to save uh, money for a rainy day. And uh, there are radical feminist storm clouds brewing. And it's just, you think it's just radical feminists? No, I think there's people obviously on the, on the right who have it in for me as well, because, you know, my leadership in contrast to deranged Donald uh, was so powerful that they want to take me down. So this is what happens when you're outside the political class, when you're a renegade outsider who's only worked in politics for four decades, mm -hmm. you, they are threatened by your outsider status. Yeah, that's a good point. It is. But so, you know, you, you did re recently face criticism when, when you warned people to get vaccinated, because you've been talking a lot about being getting vaccinated lately, trying to get the whole state vaccinated. Uh, you said that if they if they didn't get vaccinated, then, quote, maybe you go home and kiss your grandmother and wind up killing your grandmother. Now, now what did you mean by that? Uh, well, to be honest, that was sort of, you know, Pillow talk, if I can be honest, you know, like when, you you know, I have a sort of dark side to me when it comes to the bedroom. And, you know, when I think of, you know, because as a as a youth in Queens, I remember my high school girlfriend uh, lived with obviously her parents, but also her grandmother. And when we would try to sneak into her room, her grandmother was always sort of keeping a watchful eye and sort of, I think the kids might call it today, cock blocking. <laughs> and so I've always sort of had a, a little bit, if I can be honest with you guys, a little bit of a, a fetish uh, for deceased uh, grandparents. Huh. So, that which might explain uh, some other things that some people have been saying were controversial, you know, uh, you know, oh, let's move all the patients into the nursing homes. How about that? And all of a sudden, guess who doesn't need the blue pill anymore? Oh, uh, so, wow. That's so, so subconsciously, you just might have a, a, you might prefer your older people to be deceased. Oh, no. Well, in a perfect world, they could live. And uh, obviously, I would still have great success with ladies. But, you know, sometimes... I call it nature's Viagra. When you just see those older people expiring and you just sort of uh, perk up, if you know what I mean, we'll keep it uh, politically correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. No, that's good. Yeah. After saying cock block, I'm glad you're keeping it PC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we call now, it, the official term is necromophiliac. Ne necromophiliacs. Wow. Wow. Let's call the folks at Webster's. Ooh. I'm curious, what, uh, what do you and your brother, Chris, talk about when you're just hanging out together, Governor? Mostly, you know, obviously we're family, so there's a lot of love there. Mm -hmm. But mostly we, uh, I sit there and I critique him, uh, his diction, 
his uh, clothing choice, uh, his poor words on air, uh, his poor sense of humor. Um, you know, because there was such a large gap between us that I was more of a surrogate father to him. So I think he's very confused, but it gives me great power to be honest, because if this was just a, uh, bench press competition, I would lose. I can admit that. But when you have the psychological advantage over your brother, uh, I always have the power over him. So I always try to maintain a sort of, uh, abusive power over him. Because, you know, once if he ever realizes that he could take me in a fight, you know, I might not be looking at a fifth or sixth term as governor. That's fascinating because, Mm -hmm. you know, you you say you kind of psychologically abuse him. And yet there he is offering you uh, advice on on how to deal with this uh, sexual harassment allegations. So that's I mean, that's love, right? Or fear. Oh, no, I think I think there's definitely love there as well as fear. We call it fav in the Cuomo family. Fav. And uh, it's all about fav. That's that's our family motto. But I think what you do is obviously. He's in a little bit of hot water mm-hmm. because now he's saying to me, uh, I should fight the allegations. Mm-hmm. Well, of course I'm going to fight the allegations, but now the media is attacking him for basically saying, uh, what I would say are common sense family ideas. But now that he's under attack from the media, he's in a weakened state again, which is where I swoop in and pretend to pick him up and say, it's okay. Thank you for defending me. Even though his defense was, fairly common sense, but now he's under heat and I have the upper hand again. And uh, what do you think uh, CNN should do? Because obviously this is kind of a conflict of interest. This is not really the most professional behavior on his behalf as a journalist, as, as a face on CNN to be giving his brother advice when he's going to be reporting on you conceivably. No, I think that CNN uh, should probably fire him. Uh, which would, of course, um, give me the upper hand again. And uh, but I don't think they're going to do that because, you know, they don't have the same power over Christopher that I do. So if they were to fire Christopher, he might throw somebody through a window if I'm not there to protect them. So I think they're playing it safe with Chris because he's so fit and into like MMA. Mm. So. I think they're doing the best they can with him. But I think that uh, what he, he's, I will just say this. I would love to see someone. I was very disappointed when they got rid of Brooke Baldwin, who I think mm-hmm. should have taken over for Christopher. And I told her that uh, I told her, I think she should have taken over. Mm-hmm. And if she liked that, would she also like to uh, come to the governor's mansion for a one-on-one strategy session? And she declined. And then I said, okay, well, I hope they fire you. <laughs> and they did. So you, you feel good about that. That's a, that's a good feeling. When somebody refuses you and then you see their life turn to shambles, it's almost as, it's almost as erotic as old people dying. Almost. I can imagine. Yeah, I guess. 
you know, to each their own. Yeah, on this one. To each their okay, own. Okay, I guess I'm not going to yuck his yum. I guess that's right. Now, you know, let, let's look to the future, Governor Cuomo. What you know? What are your plans beyond this year? Uh, I'm going to run for a fourth term. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to run for a fifth term mm-hmm. after that. I don't know if you can see a pattern here, but I will run for a sixth term, which okay. will be double what my father, Mario Cuomo, did. Is there an element of competition there? There's, a, there's a, an element of uh, wanting to outdo dad? Uh, no, uh, but every year on the date of his death, uh, I go to his gravestone and say, I'm going to get more terms than you, you miserable son of a bitch. Uh, so it's just sort of healthy family uh, fav. There's more fav, fav. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fav. Yeah, that's... And yet, you know, so you Ooh. seem, you might have a little strange relationship with your, your late father. It's because it seems strange you would have a bridge named after him. Yeah. Well. What better way, you know, I feel like I can be honest with you too. Sure. But what better way to hide your true intentions than to name a bridge after your father? Then nobody can question your motives. Wow. Wow. He He's a thinker. Like he is. That is a really good point. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's playing 5D chess. Yeah. He, he's playing the long game, Brian. Yeah. He's like, Six, wow. He's like term chess. six term chess, <laughs> six term chess. Fine. <laughs> so by that, I mean, at, th- at this point we're what, you're 80 years old at, at, at in your sixth term. Is that, uh, I believe maybe late, uh, close to 80 close. So governor Basically, for life. The- I am going to make a bunch of, it's going to remember Robert Palmer. Do you remember he had the, uh, addicted to love? You might as well. Yes. You're addicted to love. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Well, I'm addicted to gov okay. and, I am going to hire um, very attractive interns Mm -hmm. well into my 80s. And then when I uh, expire at the governor's desk sometime in my eighth term, Mm -hmm. I will have them all dressed in black dresses carrying me out like it's a Robert Palmer video. Well, I mean, you have really thought things out. I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch. And he's already figured out he's way into his eighth term. Well, Brian, this is leadership. Yeah, he wrote I, a book on it, dude. I, I, and I haven't read it yet. I'm sorry. I, I, I've yet to pick up a copy, but it's, it's on well, my list of books. Well, I don't we, have enough money to buy it. We are accepting Bitcoin uh, if you want to purchase it with Bitcoin. Okay. Well, that's become more I affordable get, lately, fortunately. Yeah, well, maybe we'll, we'll take that under advisement. Um, real quickly, let's get you out on this. We, we like to sometimes end on just like a fluffy sort of note, just sort of an upbeat thing. And, um, you know, I was, I was wondering. Did some old woman pass away just now? <laughs> no, gosh, no, oh. no. Different strokes for Sorry. different folks. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't. I, don't well, I mean, statistically, yes. The answer is yes. That's not what I was referring to. But somewhere, some someone just, an old lady just died. That's my version of it's five o'clock somewhere. Somewhere an old lady died. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, uh, no, no further questions. Thank you so much for being here, Governor Cuomo, for, for taking the time out of your um, uh, very meticulously planned schedule. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing because he's at, we're actually half an hour into his, what should be his press conference on COVID. And yet here he is talking to us. That's flattering. 
No, I actually, uh, if you read my book, I said on page 91 that I would be doing a podcast and a very honest conversation on in late May 2021. Wow. He really plans ahead. This is amazing, Jack. He's amazing. I'm so glad I thought about voting for him. Yeah. It changes the way I think about him too. Yeah, for sure. That's why they call me Cuomo Damas. (laughs) Uh, Cuomo Damas, everybody. Thanks so much for being here, sir. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. And if I don't talk to you later, I will see you tomorrow. Oh. Ow. (laughs) I can't can't be able to sleep tonight, Brian. (laughs) Oh. Well, that was something. That was, that was, uh, that was amazing, Jack. Yeah, it really was. That was, um, we're going to get, uh, we're going to get some news pickup on this one. I think pal, the FUVGov, the F- the FUVGov. We've, <laughs> we learned way too much. Wow. He, I mean, he shared a lot with us and I don't think he shares with many people. I know. There's something disarming I, I, about I, us, I guess. Yeah, for, for sure. Jack, if I may, uh, just a quick point of privilege. That you have too much privilege and I deny you your point. Well, I have no choice but to use my privilege to overrule your dissent with some uh, housekeeping. First of all, uh, reviews. Thank you very much for all the reviews. They are very helpful with the algorithms. They do benefit us when you give us good reviews. Uh, And there was a recent one that compared us to Carl Reiner and uh, Mel Brooks's 2,000-year-old man routine. And I really appreciate that. That's a very, very nice compliment. Please keep those coming. It does help. Uh, And emails. We do like getting emails. Uh, We have gotten some lovely ones. Uh, We want to thank Ed for letting us know that Google Podcasts was drawing from the wrong feed because we got that corrected and that Ed really helped us out with that email. And uh, comments, anything, uh, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. It's contact at qmpodcast.com. And Jack, I will let you close it out with a big thank you to our buddy, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Big, big shout out to JL Kovan, who was our Governor Cuomo uh, this week. What a funny, talented dude. I mean, and the nicest right? guy you could hope to meet. So funny. And, and you know, and, and you know, we asked him to do this impersonation. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with somebody you've never worked with before. We've yeah. seen the YouTube video. He does YouTube videos on his website and he does Trump. He does uh Cuomo, uh, the My Pillow guy, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, and they're all very funny. But you just you never know when somebody's out of their element. Like if okay, he's making a YouTube video of himself, and so he's more comfortable. But what's he going to be like when he's on the spot and and being? And he was phenomenal. <laughs> and you, I mean, we phenomenal, we, yeah. so well prepared. Like yes. you know, because we we improvise all of this. Basically, the entire show is improvised. Brian writes like the, you know, some of the like the, the fake commercials and the fake obituary bits and the, and the, uh, the, the, the scripts for the, the movies. And I react to them having truly never seen them the first time. And you don't know how people are going to react when they're improvising, yeah. you know, when they're just not doing their, their set written material. And he improvised like a superstar. It was yeah. amazing. That was, and it reminded so, me of the old days, the BSFA days when we had, you know, these, uh, some of these improv actors who were phenomenal. And, oh, totally. Quite reliable. It reminded me of that as well. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so his info, uh, everyone needs to check this guy out. He's yep. so talented. So nice. Jlcovan.com. Yep. So that's J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N.com. Yep. Um, he is, uh, let's plug some shows he's at. He is on June 10th. That's Thursday, June 10th. He's at the Hartford Funny Bone. Awesome. So if you're in the Connecticut area, go check out JL uh, at the Hartford Funny Bone. And then uh, on June 18th and June 19th, he has a Governor's opening for Roy Wood Jr., who is phenomenally funny and talented, um, June 18th and June 19th at Governor's. 
And, uh, you know, he's go to his website. It's got his Twitter on it, his YouTube, his Facebook, his Instagram, his TikTok. I don't even know what that other symbol means, but he's all there. J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N.com. And if you see him on the street, thank him for his service. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Follow the podcast to get every episode. Our website is qmpodcast.com. Our email is contact at qmpodcast.com. 